I'm Alex DeCampi, writer of No Mercy from Image Comics and Grindhouse from Dark Horse Comics, and you are listening to Thinking Outside the Long Box. Because if you're thinking inside the long box, you're very small or very skinny. Everybody, welcome to the show. Uh, obviously, this is going to be one of our special interview shows. We love doing these, talking to some people that are doing some really creative and awesome stuff. And today we have Chloe Levine uh, with us on uh, on Zoom. We're going to be talking uh, a little bit about trinkets and OA uh, and some upcoming projects she has. But uh, some of you horror nerds may recognize her from uh, Transfiguration and the Ranger, which are both on Shutter. Which uh, I got about halfway through Ranger before uh, I had to turn it off because my wife was freaked out. So scary movie. <laughs> oh man. Well, Chloe, how are you today? I'm great. I'm, I'm doing really well. Uh, thank you for having me. Of course. So the first thing I want to ask you about, um, I, I watched a bit of Trinkets when it first came out and I haven't had the opportunity to watch the second season, but like the premise of the show is super, super fascinating. Like this group of friends that are like drawn together, not by like their social status or by like what they, you know, are interested in, but by shoplifting. And like, I'm kind of curious, like, how do you feel going into a show that has like such a strange, and like kind of innovative present or uh, premise like to build off of? Well, I, I really liked the first season. So I was really excited to join. And one of the things that I loved about the first season is just like, it's a story about these, you know, three young women who were bonding under this sort of like self-destructive pain uh, or addiction. And I think that's just like a really kind of real thing that happens, you know? Yeah, so I was really excited to join and and be a part of it. So with like a with like the current generation, like so my daughter, obviously this one, she's nine, you know, and I have a I have an eighteen year old daughter as well. So I have like kind of like this full gamut of like kids that are all in separate ages. And uh this one she was watching like a ASMR of somebody cutting soap a couple nights ago and I, I my wife was like what the hell is that and I said you know this is exactly how our parents felt the first time we showed them MTV like what do you think it is about shows like trinkets and that really dig into like kind of modern youth culture that really make it stand out from like previous generations shows like you know uh, boy meets world or like my so-called life or something like that what do you think it is about the newer generation that differentiates it from the older generation well i think that there's like a need to sort of have our art more accurately like uh dis- or illustrate our lives mm-hmm. you know i mean i don't i don't wasn't alive really when they were making well maybe I was alive but I would never watch Boy Meets World but I doubt like that that was really what life was like so there's this kind of like push to make things as accurate as possible which is like really lovely in some ways and then it's like kind of uh it can be too much in other ways but I think it's just like the way that art is sort of like evolving and what we can sort of accept in our media if that makes sense when you say it can be like a little like overwhelming or a little bit too much, like are there specific examples where you felt like too much was coming on to you, like in the scene? 
I don't know if I felt that way with trinkets. Is that what you mean? Oh, it doesn't necessarily have to be with trinkets, but like all of your movies, like all of the movies and all the stuff that you've worked on, like the Ranger is a perfect example. It's a horror movie, but it also deals with like a subculture that like I'm personally familiar with, you know, having grown up in like punk and hardcore, like in the eighties and nineties, but it's like a new generation of it. And the way it's filmed is so much different than like what we kind of grew up with, even though it's got that campy, like feel like, the characters are taken a little more seriously and things like that. Like, you know, our version of a punk rock movie would have been like suburbia, which is like the most ridiculous film, like known to man, you know, and has like a one-legged guy in it, you know, <laughs> like, I, I guess like, is, has there been a moment when you're filming where you feel like this is too heavy? Like this is too real. I got to step back, take a break. Yeah, I think, I think I have experienced that. And because the moment that I'm thinking of is I did this movie called uh, Savage Youth, which is like a true, it's based off um, this real crime that happened in a small town, town in Illinois. And I was playing a depiction of one of the killers and I, we were shooting in the town where it happened. And I remember just like feeling, having moments of being like really overwhelmed, but then also just like, and maybe this is more of a statement about how I am as an artist or a person, but being like really excited by that, by being like overwhelmed at how real something is. And then as a viewer, I feel like, I feel like I like things that challenge me in a way that's like, it's almost hard to look at because it's so realistic. It almost like forces you to confront things about yourself. Like, why is this specific thing, you know, apart from obviously like, no matter what horrific things, but why is this specific thing like so triggering for me? You know, right. yeah, it makes a lot of sense. So kind of getting off of realism and going into like some of your more surreal stuff, there was a lot of disappointment around uh, OA being canceled uh, by Netflix. Like kind of, can you tell us a little bit about, you know, as a cast and crew, what you guys did, like once you knew the show wasn't coming back, was there a scramble to finish the show, you know, in a cohesive way? Like, you know, did anything change once, once you guys knew that? I think, well, we had already finished filming season two. Okay. Um, and had our premiere and everything. And then that's, it was a few months later that we kind of got the news that it had been canceled. And I mean, from my point of view, I guess what kind of changed was just like, I got a lot of feedback from people who had watched and loved the show, just being like so heartbroken about it. And I mean, I feel heartbroken about it because I don't, I don't know what happens, you know? Right. None of us do. It's awful. Yeah. So, and it's, and it's done in a sense, like they figured out whole, um, five seasons. So it's like out there. Yeah. So it's kind of heartbreaking that it's just never going to be seen. Do you ever, like, are there, obviously this has to happen fairly regularly when you're working on a TV show or, like, you get into pre-production with a movie and it just, you know, disappears. Like, are there, like, how do you deal with that? Like, I would be beyond upset. Like, if I started something that big, like a five-season-long project, and then it just went into a puff of smoke, like, after I was, you know, two-fifths of the way done with it, I would drive myself crazy with that. Like, how do you deal with, like, that kind of stress <laughs> i i don't even know because like it's so <laughs> difficult and it's like you know being an actor it's just like 
it's constant rejection. It's constantly people who like don't understand what you're trying to do, judging your art to some capacity. It's just, it's really difficult. I mean, it, it's heartbreaking. I, how do I deal with it? I mean, I just kind of keep moving yeah. as much as I can. And one of the things that I, I'm a filmmaker myself because I just like, I'm so tired of falling in love with something for it to not happen, you yeah. know? That's awesome. It's got to be extremely difficult, like dealing with kind of the pushback on something like OA too, because that show is like obtuse to start out with. And mm-hmm. there's like, I remember watching it and like talking to my friends about it and they were very divided. Like some of them loved it and some were like, I just don't get that show. You're weird. So, <laughs> so this is kind of a rare treat for, for us right now, because we, you know, we talked to several actors, we talked to directors and producers and stuff. And until like probably the last like week or two, when I've said, what do you have coming up? They've been like nothing <laughs> because you know, COVID just shut everything down, but you actually have uh, several projects coming up. Uh, the list that, that I have is Antarctica, Alaska, and Froth and Bubble. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the projects you have coming up? Because I'm really excited to hear about them. <laughs> yeah, well, um, Alaska, we shot about a third of the movie already. So a third of it is done, but that third is actually the character remembering things. So we're sort of like waiting for me to like age and change as much as I can um and so it's kind of like we can see her this character like change on a multitude of levels um so it's kind of like an interesting sort of boyhood experiment that's Alaska and um Froth and Bubble is basically done we were planning to do a few little little pickups to finish it and then of course COVID happened but you know, we're getting creative with the way that we want to finish the movie. So it might not even be an issue that, I mean, it's interesting the way that people are getting creative in this time, you right. know, kind of working around things. So we'll see what happens with Broth and Bubble. And then um, Antarctica uh, is completely done. Thank goodness. And uh, <laughs> it's going to, be, I have dates actually, and it's going to be on demand for purchase and rental on December 1st on Apple TV, Amazon, and Google. Yeah. So, you know, talking about the creativity, like uh, I was in a a panel yesterday with a bunch of uh, uh, composers and like film set designers and stuff like that, kind of talking about, you know, things. It it was a San Diego Comic-Con panel that like the convention didn't happen. So we just get to join these like giant Zoom meetings with like other, you know, journalists and stuff. So one of the things that they talk quite a bit about was how much animation has been utilized. Like, have you seen like an uptick on like offers to do like voice acting or anything like that? Cause I've been really fascinated by that. Uh, one of my favorite examples is the show, Holy Moly. There's like all these scenes with Steph Curry that they had to film still. So they just animated all of it. And like, I thought that was really cool. Like, have you been seeing kind of an uptick in offers for things like that? Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, I know that animation is definitely, you know, getting more popular right now. I don't, I can't really talk about anything. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of exciting the way that we're just sort of like adapting our media. Yeah. Yeah. Don't talk about it. Someone's watching. (laughs) 
I, I love this this idea that like creativity never stops. Like we're stuck in our homes, but you know, I lost my job. I created a new job for myself. Like, you know, I, I have delved deeper into like some of my creative endeavors because I can't go out to eat, you know, <laughs> it's yeah. what, what are some of the things that, you know, you have found yourself like doing more of, or like just, I mean, cause everybody feels like they're kind of just, well, we're going to pass the time until something different happens. Like what have you been doing? Well, I've been, I've actually taken this time to read like all of the books that I always wanted to read and never had time to. Moby Dick I read, Reading Withering Heights right now, Slaughterhouse Five, just like all the things that have been on my list for such a long time. But as far as like, excuse me, like creative things, I am like, I need to be working on something to not go crazy. So my friends and I have just been like figuring out ways to shoot things remotely. And it's actually like, I mean, it's, it's working you know, like it's getting done. It's just in a different, different capacity, you know? Right. <laughs> it's, it, it's really interesting because we've, we've been seeing a, a lot of that from actors and, you know, directors and things like that, telling us about how they've worked around things. It's, it's been really fascinating. You know, it's definitely a complete and total change to like how media is being created. It's, it's mm-hmm. fun. What are some of the things that you're like kind of looking forward to with your new releases? You know, how, how are you hoping, you know, those things will go? Cause you know, you're not going to be getting theatrical releases for anything anytime soon, you know, premieres are kind of run differently. Like what are you anticipating, you know, coming out with your, with your new things? Well, I, I mean, I, I miss movie theaters so much. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> and there's something so magical. I mean, I remember when um, we finished Antarctica and um, I was talking to my co-star Kimmy and she was like, I was like, just wait until it premieres somewhere and we'll be in a theater. And it's going to be like such a magical experience for you because this is her first movie. And obviously that's not happening. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I don't mind sitting in my, as I sit in my PJs, you know, right now talking to you about movies. like. It's not the worst thing. Right. But I don't know. I mean, it's interesting to see how things are changing and people like all over the world are, are connecting in different ways. And I feel like I have so much more access to things because everything is virtual. Like I can now things are like almost more open in a way, which is lovely, but I don't know if I answered your question. Yeah, like it's it's an interesting balance between like personal isolation and like instant availability. Like anything that I want, I can buy and have shipped to my house, but I can only enjoy it with like the five people that live here. Like, and that's that's kind of like a weird, interesting place to be, where socially you're very like confined, but like you know, like you said, the world is completely open. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, we are having a conversation about your upcoming movies from my house, you know, (laughs) instead instead of at a convention or something. (laughs) Um, You know, I'm, I'm interested, like a lot of your previous work has been like a lot of genre stuff, like a lot of horror and science fiction. Is that something that you really enjoy doing? Uh, Because that's like my favorite kind of stuff to watch is, is horror movies. So like, is that something you enjoy doing, want to keep pursuing or are you, you know, you also do a lot of really 
fascinating like indie titles which is also like a very its own very different thing like what do you kind of like working on the best i mean i think i just really like working on like portraying compelling characters and interesting stories like whether it be science fiction or or in the horror genre but i will say that i think i have like a really big admiration for the horror genre just because it's like so sneaky you know you kind of um you dip into this genre and explore these other things sort of like creeping underneath all of this like blood and guts and the serial killer but you're like talking about so many like much deeper themes are going on and you kind of like don't even notice with a lot of or uh, or a lot of genre films and and projects so that's something that i i really admire yeah yeah, that's definitely the draw for me. Like, I'm I'm that nerd that's like, well, what this movie's really talking about right. is. You know? <laughs> and, and, like, I really appreciate that in movies, like, digging into the subtext of things. Like, we, we just had an episode where we talked about The Lighthouse, which is, like, an absurd movie that's definitely not about what you're seeing on screen, you know? And that's, that was, those, those are fun conversations to have, so... <laughs> When, when you're like exploring like your options, you know, for roles that, you know, you're thinking of taking, I, I've seen that a, a lot of the stuff that you've worked on recently, you're also a producer on. And is that something that you're trying to like harness more, like not just like participating in the film, but like also kind of helping to take the reins of it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think producing is something I'm I'm really interested by and just, you know, because I want to be able to make... I want to be able to make things myself and not act and just act in things um, and have like more of a say and more control in that way. And eventually like, you know, I've, I've been very lucky to work with some really talented producers and learn from them. So, um, and sort of like, you know, take cues and remember what they're doing. So when the time comes that I can like make my own stuff in a, in a bigger, on a bigger scale, then I'll be ready. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's awesome. You know, is, is directing something that you would ever be interested in too? Cause I know those are like both very vital jobs to a movie, but also very different jobs, like in a movie, like is, is that something that also interests you? Cause I know some people that enjoy the producing side don't like the directing side and vice versa. Right. It's kind of interesting actually, because I've noticed that dichotomy as well, but yeah, I'm, I love directing. Um, the things that I've directed are just kind of like, you know, where I'm doing everything. So <laughs> I, in that case, like, I would love to, you know, just pick one, you know, not produce it and just direct it or just produce it. But yeah, I mean, I'm really interested. I'm really interested in directing. And there are some things that I write that I'm like, I can't imagine anyone else directing this. What? You know? <laughs> so like have you thought about like exploring just making your own movies like since we're all stuck at home or yeah (laughs) I figured no definitely I mean I've I've made a few so far just being at home and I'm in the process of of making some others but yeah I mean the time is now we have right yeah (laughs) you have nothing but time (laughs) exactly yeah as like as you go like you know your your acting career is is actually pretty expansive like and i i'm assuming that you're significantly younger than me because like 90 percent of the people i talk to are (laughs) you know 
it seems like you started acting like fairly young. Like, was it strange, like having to kind of balance regular life as like a teenager with like being an actor? Cause I don't really get to talk. Most of the people I talk to are like already older and like, you know, their experience with that is like so far away that it's, it's weird for them, but it doesn't seem like too distant of past, you know, to ask you like, you know, how you balance that. I, I feel actually like so lucky that I was in a position where I could act as a teenager because I am like, I, I was so, um, I needed that kind of artistic outlet and it's, you know, acting is designed in a way where you like, a lot of the time when you're working on a movie, there's like a support system around you and enables you to do like really, hopefully like beautiful work. Right. So it was like really healthy for me, I think, to be acting as a teenager. And I wonder what kind of trouble I would have uh, gotten into otherwise. Um, maybe maybe some light shoplifting. No, just kidding. Just light, you know? <laughs> uh, it, so you have trinkets out. You have, you know, everybody can still go watch OA because it's streaming on Netflix. You have a bunch of movies that are sound like they're, you know, either in post-production or like just, waiting you know with bated breath to get released uh tell us one more time like when antarctica is going to be out and how we can find it and then let everybody know how they can uh, keep track of what you're doing so that when alaska and uh froth and bubble come out they can they can watch that too so i had to look at my notes <laughs> <laughs> no definitely yeah so antarctica is going to be released on demand for purchase or rental on december 1st on Apple TV and Amazon and Google. And you can pre-order it now on Amazon. On Amazon? No, I'm sorry. On Apple TV. You can pre-order it now on Apple TV. Um, you can probably put it on your watch list on Amazon, so it'll tell you when it comes out. Though. Exactly. You should probably do that. Yeah. I, I do that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and then how can, our, how can our viewers and listeners find you? Well, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. And my name on all those things is Chloe R. Louine. So it's like a lot of people message me and they're like, Chloe. And I'm like, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a middle initial. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Finish up. <laughs> I, I am getting texts from my manager reminding me to tell you guys that um, Antarctica is also going to be premiering at Rain Dance. In the oh, UK. that's awesome. Very cool that it's interesting to me how they've managed to figure out doing some stuff like that. Like I saw, I, I watch some soccer cause I'm a dork, but uh, I saw that Chelsea has like redone their whole stadium so that like it's in bands like of people and everything separated out and it okay. cuts like how many people can go into the stadium by like an eighth. Like, I mean, there's, it's super, super small numbers, but there's allowing people into the, into the matches, which is, it's cool that they're trying to figure that stuff out. Yeah. Hopefully we can uh, maybe figure that stuff out after stuff. <laughs> yeah, <that's> <laughs> Um, well, Chloe, thank you so much. Uh, to our listeners and uh, viewers, be sure to also check her out in Transfiguration and the Ranger on Shutter. Uh, I constantly am talking about that service, not because they make us, but because I just have it. Yeah, like not even I don't never even talk to those people. But the Ranger was great to what I watched, and Transfiguration is like next on my list. It looks absolutely phenomenal. So, uh, yeah, can't wait to check it out. Thank you so much for your time, Chloe. 
Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Thinking Outside the Long Walks podcast. Join us on Facebook and Twitter to get behind-the-scenes information for exclusive content and to be notified when new episodes are available. The thoughts and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual and do not necessarily represent or reflect those of the Thinking Outside the Long Box podcast, Baron Space Productions, its partners, or affiliates. The Thinking Outside the Long Box podcast is made available by its creators, Juan, John, and Gabe. The podcast is edited and produced by Juan, and Albie is the co-executive producer. The Thinking Outside the Long Box podcast is a barren space production. <laughs>